what I see as the freelance life is is making enough to not have to watch the numbers so closely. Okay, can we brag a little bit, Jeremy? Sure. Okay, well, you know, you mentioned that you make money like four different ways, but I think one of them is most notable to me. I've always been a lone, you know, because I've always been a freelancer, I've always been a lone wolf. This is Philip Van Nostrand, and you are listening to the Epic Freelance Life Podcast. How to make more money and live an epic freelance life. Okay, welcome everybody. My name is Phil, and I'm super excited to have with me today my longtime New York friend, Jeremy Redleaf. Jeremy, would you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Jeremy Redley, Phil's longtime friend. Do you want me to say more? Um, yeah, tell me, tell me who you are and why you think you're here today. All right, I guess freelancers do need to get good at, at, uh, you know, giving their elevator pitch, right? Exactly. All right, here's. I feel like an amateur, but uh, I, if I met you at a cocktail party, I'd tell you that I'm an artist and an entrepreneur. I make uh, feature films and I make little businesses and uh, try to live the most conscious life I can. I love that. And why do you think I had you on this podcast today? Why do you think you're here? <laughs> I think I'm here because I maybe zag where other people zig. Yeah. And you've experienced some of the things I've created. And yeah. we're friends. Yeah, I think even if we weren't friends, I would 100% have wanted you on this podcast. Um whether it's accurate or not, I'm pretty sure I project onto you. Uh, you are like one of the true embodiments of living an epic freelance life in my mind. And and that's why you're on the show, How to Live an Epic Freelance Life. Well, thank so. you. It's always nice to know it's not nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> here, I've earned it. I've earned being here. No, totally. And and like, truly, like I, I'm fascinated, you know, I love knowing you as a friend, but I'm also always very fascinated by your life and the directions that it's headed or going in. And so I think we'll cover a lot of different topics today, but hopefully we'll get like a bigger picture of, of what you're about. And this isn't, you know, just to be clear, like a, a like a beginning story. So I'm, I'm not so much interested in like how you got into freelance, although that might, you know, that might be a part of the conversation, but I'm truly just interested in how you live your life as someone who sort of has has agency over your life and and how you spend your time and your money and your work um, and how you do that in like a really elegant way. So that'll be the thrust of the conversation today. Fantastic. We've got a plan. Yes. Um, So my first question, I think, just to get it out of the way is, how do you make money, Jeremy? <laughs> Just get right to the heart of it. Oh, I, yeah. I make money in a, in a few different ways. I uh, work as a voice artist. Can I hear this is my voice? Uh, I've been doing that for for over a decade, uh, more than a decade, fifteen years, and I built up a nice little career there. It's a it's a if you're lucky, it's a, a field where you can earn residual income, which means you make money when you know when they play the thing after you record the thing. So that can be a nice supplement to other things that I do. I also work as a filmmaker for hire, uh, you know, whether it's a commercial or a TV show or a short film 
or a branded co- project, I get hired to do that. Um, and then I have a, a, a company called Cave Day, which leads uh, daily group focus sessions for a global community. It's a membership community, and uh, and I get paid via that as well. Awesome. And is there no other sources of income for you? I guess there is. I also own a website <laughs> called Odd Job Nation, which I've okay. had for a long time, and I make advertising re- and and referral revenue on that site. And I probably have other things I'm forgetting. Uh, I used to have a lot more. I've tried to, over the years, tried to hone it down. Mm. That's cool. So so Odd Job Nation, I knew that about you, is still uh, bringing in some money for you. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and, and I imagine some of these are more consistent than others. Like, I don't, I didn't know you were doing filmmaker for hire. Um, is that like, like a once a month or once a year or some other, like, how often are you doing that? Well, my general goal with my art is to not need to take the job. So yeah. I'm pretty picky. So I get, I get approached a lot and I don't say yes very often. So it's got to either be a, a friend once said, it's got to either be profit or portfolio. So yeah. it's got to, it's got to be, you know, really worth it financially, or it's got to be a piece that's going to really, you know, stand out in a portfolio. So if it's not one of those, if it's not a hell yes for one of those, I, I usually say no. I love that. I, I, I think I live a hundred percent by that philosophy, but I never heard it in such a succinct way. Is it, it's either profit or portfolio. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. What's, how's that showing up for your life? Well, Jeremy, <laughs> um, I mean, for me, <clears throat> I, I think it's very clear to me, like, like anytime I'm asked to do a job, it's either going to like help pay my rent or it's going to, it's going to foster a relationship that I want to d- develop more that will end up in, in bigger gigs, I think is usually how, and, and sometimes that's portfolio. So for me, it's like either profit portfolio or like relationship building. I yeah. think that's like the third component and that's how yeah. it's like, so that, that that's interesting. That's how I used to, it used to be for me. Uh, and I had to kind of wean back on relationship because it was an, it was a justification to say as to anything. Well, yeah, anybody, yeah. any relationship could be helpful. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I, I guess, you know, if you know, like your target, if you do have like a North star that you're aiming towards, like I really, you know, I want to be deep, deep in the luxury events and wedding industry. So there's, there's, um, you know, wedding planners that I haven't worked with yet that I have on a list, you know? And so if there's an opportunity to photograph one of their birthdays for free, that, that is like a hundred percent a yes for me. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But if it was just sort of like an any sort of ask, I, I think it's, yeah, it's some people are more valuable than others in, in my life. For, yeah. For so those profit portfolio or strategic relationship. Yeah, exactly. That's good. <clears throat> so which of these, you said 15 years as a voiced artist, a filmmaker for hire, Cave Day and Odd Job Nation, which of these like kind of pays your bills every month? I don't really know. I don't really think about it too much, to be honest. I try, oh, I try, I try to, in general, I, the part of my part of what I see as the freelance life is is making enough to not have to watch the numbers so closely. Obviously, mm-hmm. I have a, I have a, you know, a sense of what's hot, but things ebb and flow, and you know, to me, that freedom is is just sort of being like being being able to to be choosy with what I do, and to mm-hmm. not have to worry too much about you know, about where it's coming from and, and how often. That sounds like a really incredible freedom to me. I, I remember, I think Ramit Sethi used to say, like, 
uh, true wealth looks really different to different people. And for some, it means like picking up the tab after dinner without looking at the price on it. And uh, for others, it means like having someone else fold your laundry or some, you know, or traveling the world or whatever. But for you, it, it's it sounds really beautiful to not have to like think about where your money is coming from, but just to know that like you have enough more or less at any yeah. given moment. Yeah. And I have some built in habits and rituals to make sure that I'm not, uh, you know, overspending or anything like that. But but a general, a general I do try to I do want to live in that spot where I, I don't That's have good. to watch so closely. But I, I've been seeing on Instagram or Twitter or somewhere people posting the idea of like, this is true freedom. And it's just a screenshot of someone's calendar and it's empty. Oh. And, <laughs> yeah. and I'm, I've been struck by that, that idea that, that, you know, if you're to, to be winning is not to be fully booked, but to, to be able to, or, or the idea of being able to wake up whenever, right. I don't have to set yeah. my alarm because it doesn't matter oh. when I start my day. I like that. I did that today. <laughs> um but you're winning but for, yeah i guess but for me that's really funny because i think for me like uh i want a full calendar to me that's like a life fully lived but but yeah it's, it's actually scary to have an empty calendar <laughs> but that's my own issue for my therapist um so you said uh you have uh, i want to go to like a tiny sentence that you said which is that you have some um, habits or or things in place to make sure you don't overspend. Can you just tell me what that is? Like, what what is this guide in your life? Oh, sure. Well, I I choose credit cards that have built in alerts. Surprisingly, not all do. So I choose cards that have alerts anytime the card is not present. So it's it's a way to keep track of what subscriptions I still have. And I go, oh wow, I have that one. Oh. I haven't used that in four months. That's funny. And then beyond that, you know, it's just rituals around bookkeeping, around, you know, uh, alerts and, you know, just sort of maxes per per card and per, you know, per place I keep things. Uh, yeah. and, and those things start to, you know, tend to, yeah, just sort of having like a, a ritual of review every, once, once a quarter. Okay. So <clears throat> I hear you saying like once a quarter, you literally look at your bookkeeping and what you're spending and what's going out and, and kind of have a, like a, a sense of where your money is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of people outsource bookkeeping, obviously any, anyone that has a business has to do bookkeeping or outsource it. And I kind of like doing it cause it's, for me, it's a way to, to just really be with the things hmm. that, you know, the, I find the, the process of, of tagging and, and of running reports really helpful. Yeah. And there's a ton of information in numbers. So yeah. Yeah. I, I totally appreciate also, that. Also a lot of nostalgia. I was looking at my, I was running the books for February of last year and I could see in the books as the world started to shut down and the things I started to spend money on changed to uh, just, just my local coffee shop every day. That's so funny. I, I was, I was doing my taxes recently too. And I, um, I was adding up all my Uber and Lyft rides each month. And then at in like halfway through March, it was just all bike rides on Lyft. <laughs> I was using my <laughs> Lyft app to do bike rides, but it, there was no more cars for almost like 30 days or 40 days straight. And it was just bike rides, which was a really like strange uh, thing to notice. But yeah. Um, okay. Can we brag a little bit, Jeremy? Sure. Okay. Well, you know, you mentioned that you make money like four different ways, but I think one of them is most notable to me, at least now, probably in your life. And that would be cave day. Am I wrong? Is that, is that like kind of like the, the champion horse in your life these days or? Especially during the pandemic. Yeah. 
Yeah. So to, can you just tell us like brief, briefly what Cave Day is? And then I want to, I really want to brag about it. Like I want to hear, I'll ask you the questions if you want, but I just want to hear numbers like like growth percentages and all kinds of interesting stuff, because this has been something that I think has blown up for you in a really beautiful way. Yeah, sure. Well, it all started with a problem I was trying to solve for myself, which is like Phil, I had that crazy busy schedule, all sorts of little meetings and things and tiny blocks of time. And as a, as a writer and a director, I, I need chunky bits of time to really go deep and, and really make you know substantial progress, really activate that highest part of my brain. And I just didn't have the time and, and I was starting to freak out and I was in my therapist's office and I, I was just trying to figure out how to, what to, to, to get rid of. And I looked at, I brought in everything in my life and I couldn't find anything that I wanted to get rid of. And so I, I, my therapist said, what do you, what needs to happen? And I said, I, I need to t- take a cave day. And he said, cool, what's a cave day? And I said, I don't know. I think it's a day where I just go off the grid and I shut off my phone and I make up some rules and, you know, just work on one thing. Yeah. And he was like, cool, go do that. So I did. And it was incredible. And I got so much done in that one day, more than I had in, in the weeks before. And Wait, but what year was this? Oh, this was five years ago. Okay. And so it was really, it was really That's 2016 for those listening in 2030 right now. (laughs) For those, exactly. Yeah. This is, uh, this is, we're, we're marking ourselves in history right now. Yes. Uh, so, so I, so I, I got so much done that day, but it was really draining. I was, I couldn't work for the next two, three days. And so I decided to approach two friends around turning it into a social thing. And we developed this whole, we, we read a bunch of research and we developed a method we started running them in New York city on Sundays and our friends, we invited our friends and for I was reason, at the very first one. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're OG. So we started doing them on Sundays and it, and it just kind of, it really resonated with people. It was, it, we tapped into something and it, you know, it wasn't it's supposed to be a business, but it, it slowly became a business. And so we started doing them in person, you know, from once a month to twice a month to every day in the, uh, during the week. And, and then eventually online, we, and we, you know, we started to get a bunch of press. And so we started to do them online because people would be like, I'm in India. I want to do cave day. But th- and, this was pre pandemic online. Yeah. Yeah. So we started doing them online, you know, once or twice a week and slowly building that out, but just very slow. Um, you know, we were building out our New York experience and we're building out our online experience just very slowly. And then mm. of course the pandemic hit. <laughs> and so we were able to, because we were, we didn't have a lease in New York. We, we had a, a, a really flexible arrangement. We were able to, you know, get out of that and just pump all our resources online. So we were able to launch daily coverage and now we have daily coverage for about 12 hours a day and growing and it just blew up. It, you know, during the pandemic, we've grown about a thousand percent. And now we have this global community in 25 and counting countries. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, now, now we take a, a real salary and, um, we also work with companies that, you know, want a little piece of what we do as well. So all that's that, amazing. Is, all that has turned into a business. Yeah. 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 I, I, I was looking at my calendar just now to see, I actually, I think you convinced me to go join one of your online caves. Cause I had never done it online. I was always attending in real life and I thought that was the best way you're with people and, and there's like energy in the room and stuff. But, um, I think I, I have on my calendar, March 17th was my first remote cave that I did with you, which was literally like a week after things shut down. Um, and, and I think you were like, you got to try this or you, you told me I should do it or check it out. And I did, and I got super hooked. <laughs> and I think that in your online cave days, I've like literally built 
and published like an entire website in one afternoon. I taught myself to speed read one day and read a book on a cave day. Um, I've That's done so cool. like, yeah. And these are all like amazing things that people like, and, and that my story times a hundred people is happening like every single day. There's people, um, yeah, just working on like editing their podcasts or their screenplays or just doing their day-to-day work or whatever. But, um, but every time I'm on, you know, for, for the, listener here you have to just imagine going on a zoom and then there being like four pages of of like i mean four screens of people there's a hundred people generally on each of these zooms for like three hours at a time um from and i'm, I'm sharing like the room with people from mexico and and like brooklyn and um and even new jersey no but uh but also like sweden <laughs> and ireland and like all it's really crazy it's it's a really yeah. beautiful thing you've done and and not only is it cool to just you know drop into working with someone across the world. But, you know, the way we structured it, people really share honestly about what's going on for them and, and what, what you find and what you can take Mm. away is that even the most accomplished people, we have Emmy winners and Oscar winners in the community. Everybody has to consciously put things aside and, and fight an internal battle to do their best work. It's a universal thing that needs to happen. Yeah, that's awesome. And this is such like a, you know, I always tell people, sorry, this isn't, this is not an ad for cave day, but it kind of is. Um, (laughs) I I always tell people like with my accountability group and cave day is like my one, two punch combo. Like if I set goals, it's easy for anybody like freelancers to set goals or be like, I'm going to run a marathon or I'm going to, I'm going to produce like a a new web series this year. But like, there's such a huge gap, I think, between setting a goal and then giving yourself time to work on those big projects that you always want to. And Cave Day helps bridge that gap like so beautifully. And it's just accountability, um, clean work, no distractions. And I love it. So yeah. thank you for creating it. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for coming and being there from the, from the beginning. And and so that that's like, is there, I'm going to ask you a cheeky question. Are, are you ever sad that you asked like two friends to do it? Cause now you have to split all the profits three ways instead of like two ways. <laughs> or <laughs> one a cheeky way. question. Cheeky yeah. question received. Uh, no, I, cause, cause we, you know, the, the plus of having two partners is that there's three of us to, to manage what needs to get done. And so, um, yeah. you know, when emergencies come up, you know, so, so today, in three hours, we just had a, a guide ask for a replacement. And if I was the only one, you know, who was a owner of the company and that's my life that I'm just sort of constantly, you know, yeah, playing back stuff for people. Yeah. yeah. That would be, that would not achieve my desire to have my freedom. So, um, so having, you know, we're at this point, we're keeping an airplane in the air. That's what it's, you know, people talk about when you have a product that is, mm. is being used every day, you have to keep the airplane in the air. And so it's much easier to, to, to have a crew than to not. Yeah. So I think what's beautiful about what you created, and I'm going to segue this into our next like idea here, is um, you used to be tethered by like real estate in New York because you're running Cave Day in person. Mm-hmm. And you became slightly untethered in a way of like by, by being able to do this online. And now you're completely free to run, like you said, 12 hour days for different, I mean, you know, chunks of time for up to 12 hours a day. Um, and it sounds like you can run this from anywhere, Jeremy. So where have you been running Cave Day from <laughs> in the past month or two? Or three? Well, I've been do- I've been doing a lot of research here, and unfortunately, not every country's internet is up to snuff to to be able to do this. Uh, okay, I, I have <laughs> some more <laughs> I have some more wanderlust in me. Um, yeah, so in the, I mean, in the, in the pandemic, I was able, you know, uh, beca- you know, to 
to drive cross country, to run caves from random motels as I did Mm. to, and then ended up in, in uh, the desert for the, for the winter Palm Springs. And, and uh, just from different Airbnbs was able to keep, keep the business running and, and yeah, nothing, nothing lost. And that was a really exciting feeling. You know, I've always been with a, I've always had things tethering me in New York, you know, whether it's a partner or an opportunity or the fear of missing out. And it's been really, really wonderful to, to lose all that uh, and to be able to, and to be in the place to be able to rent, rent out my apartment and, you know, go on the road. So, yeah. Okay, good. So you got the money part covered. Your rent was being paid. Uh, You're traveling, hopefully cheaper than it was costing you to live in New York. Maybe, maybe not. Um, <laughs> no, about even, but that was, that was the okay. sort of exciting, you know, we were able to, you know, up, you know, get something much nicer in another city. Yeah. And, um, and then you were making money on the road. And so you were living kind of that like nomadic freelancer life or nomad, digital nomad life for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that thing that you always see people doing on Twitter, and you're like, "Man, how do they do that?" Uh, I, I got know, a, I got a little taste of it. Did you post about it on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I try. I find posting about this stuff complicated because, hmm. you know, especially in a time where everybody is is going through some stuff, it, you know, it can be a little tone deaf. Yeah. And of course, you know, there's always the you know, if you don't tell the full story, you know, it can, again, have unintended consequences. I'm a, you know, a white man of privilege who's doing this stuff and saying you can yeah. do it too. And that might not be true, you know. So I, I you know, when I, when I post about this stuff, I, I usually try to post as honestly as possible. And, yeah. and uh, so, I, and, you know, I don't know. I think, I don't think that it, uh, my, my whole MO with posting is to provide value for other people. And yeah. if it's just about, bragging i have plenty of people to brag to (laughs) i think for me there's something about i found that posting stuff well maybe i just have convinced myself of this but i I do think that posting a little bit of like what you've figured out is is can translate to inspiration for others who are watching you know that that would be my hope is that you're like hey figure this thing out i could rent my apartment in brooklyn for the same price you know but it cost me to travel around and, uh, and you know, there it is. That's some inspiration for some young kid who yeah, wants to I do think, it themselves. And I think, you know, an example of that is at the end of my trip, I decided to take, I never get into artist retreats, you know, those like residency programs and, you know, mm-hmm. things like Yato and, you know, the MacArthur, you know, all these things. And so I decided to run one for myself. I, I booked an Airbnb for a week and I, again, made up some rules and gave myself that, that artist experience and I love that. and that's some, yeah and that's something I posted about because you know I, I think it's it's about permission and so you know of course you don't need a, to rent an Airbnb to do that you just need to block off the time go to ch- and change locations so mm. that's a, I think there is a way to do you know there's there's definitely a happy happy middle ground I'm, I'm going to tell you about my my I want to talk about a little bit more about this um, but my dream artist retreat Jeremy is to get onto a train from New York to Montreal, which is about nine hours, <laughs> and turn off my phone and then write for the entire journey, like like write on my book or whatever, um, and then and then finish the journey in like a different country, and hang out in Montreal for a weekend, and then do the same thing and come home. And <laughs> I, I wanted that to be like my mobile artist's retreat for like two nine-hour stints. Two two cave days on a train is what I was hoping for. Cave train, I think it's totally doable, 
and I want I'm curious to know how it goes because I think I think for me it sounds romantic and then I feel like I'd get on the train after two hours and be like I need to get off this train (laughs) (laughs) I I, well I will say this I took the Trans-Siberian Railway from from Moscow to like deep Siberia and then into Mongolia so I did experience train life where for four days I did not take a shower so I know it's possible to be very long time on the train and had my phone die so I truly was just like I guess I'm listening to music or reading or whatever how did you smell after those four days? I smelled strong. Everybody, everybody was very, yeah, it was a lot, <laughs> but it was cool. Um, that's funny. So, okay. So one part about your story that's interesting to me and maybe to others listening is that I know you are married, but you did a, you were able to travel with your wife who also had the flexibility of, of traveling, um, but you did your artist retreat alone. Was that complicated in your marriage or was it easy, like, I'm going to do this thing and thanks for the freedom? <laughs> yeah, well, well, just to clarify, she was she has a, a regular job, but because of the pandemic, it's obviously become more flexible as well. And so that's been really exciting to I'm a freelancer who's been married to a traditional worker. And, you know, for this period of time, that's been a really exciting shift that we're kind of both in the same spot. So mm. it's opened up a lot of possibilities. You know, I've always been a lone, you know, because I've always been a freelancer, I've always been a lone wolf. And I still have the the residue of that mindset in me. Mm, yeah, I yeah. often feel like I have to figure everything out and then present it to her or make a decision and then just, you know, ignore her, you know, reaction to it. Um, <laughs> okay. And so, and so, but, but I've really been trying the last year to bring things to her earlier in half forms and just sort of share my fantasies with her. And so this came out of that. So I had mentioned to her that I wanted to run a, go on a writer's retreat and, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that when we get back to New York. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to leave her alone in the West, you know, and go do yeah. that. So I said, maybe when we're back in New York, maybe I'll go do that for a week. And so w- one day towards the end of our trip, she was like, are you excited to go back? And I was like, not really, to be honest. And she was like, well, why don't you take that artist retreat and I'll go on an adventure with my friend who's in California. And so I said yes, and and that's how it happened. So it's actually wait, wait. wow. So was it really her idea? Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, but it only and happened it, because you know, it only happened because I was willing to share a fantasy yeah. with her that you know was something that I wanted to do without her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which probably was a little scary, but yeah, but you did it in a safe way. That's beautiful, man. Um, Thanks, man. And your relationship was stronger afterwards, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, we wrote, it was funny. We, you know, I, I, I wrote letters to her, emails to her a few times and, oh, and that cool. definitely sparked back, you know, it's obviously been hard for a lot of couples to just be always around each other. And yeah. so being away from each other for a week and writing letters kind of gave us that spark. Man. I, so, okay. So do you think you're going to do it again? You know, like, like sort of falsely create an absence makes the heart grow fonder situation <laughs> i don't think we were in that phase uh, like that we need oh. to do that but i'm definitely going to do that do the artist retreat thing again yeah maybe with other people it'll be fun that's cool jeremy's going to start his fifth business in front of us right <laughs> now we know um you heard it here first yeah so so i guess you know i asked that question like uh, are you gonna are you gonna do it again um because i'm i'm so curious about i think I think maybe a lot of the outside world thinks, or maybe like maybe nine to fivers or eight to sixers or whatever, um, think of freelancers as like sort of wild, chaotic beings who who just do whatever, um, or 
I don't really know how people view how I spend my days, but I do know that in order to live this, what I would call like lifestyle design or an epic freelance life, that I actually have a lot of habits that I've integrated into my life, like your mm. artist retreat. And so I'm, I'm excited for you if you do it again, because some of my habits are like every year on my birthday, I try to be on my birthday somewhere new in the, in the world. It doesn't have to be mm. like around the world. It could just be like, like I've never been to the Bronx or whatever. I mean, I've been to the Bronx, but you know, so like, like a small town, like a couple hours away, but somewhere new on my birthday every year. And I've been doing that for like five years now. Um, are there any habits that you've integrated in your life uh, to help you live sort of that epic freelance life? Well, it's interesting. I think the thing that you just mentioned, I would, I would consider more of a ritual. Mm. It's, a, or it's a habitual ritual. Sure, sure. Yes. That phrase, trademark. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly it. Yes. And that's, uh, that's why habits are, I think habits are need a reframe because habits are like, feel like homework and, you know, maintenance and mm. they're kind of boring and, and they're easy to drop or unless you have, you know, really fierce accountability around them. Okay. So uh, ritual. unless you identify around them. And so I think yeah. it's a lot easier to identify around a ritual. Uh, like every year, you know, I'm the kind of person that, that lives a life of adventure. And one little, you know, one little way I can do that is that every year, my birthday, I try to be somewhere else. And I document that. And I, and I, I mm. mark time with that kind of meaning. And yeah. not only does it, you know, not only does it make me feel like I'm being conscious with my time, it's, it's exciting. And it's something that I look forward to. Um, so, so what's so, yeah. Jeremy's rituals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm, I mean, I'm also in an accountability group big fan of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, one, one new one that just kind of came up is, is that I've uh, actually, you know, often inspired by you, I've tried to get a lot better at, at blocking off time to not work. So mm. big trap with being a freelancer is there's always something to do. So how do I make sure, you know, and, and I like what I do, so why wouldn't I do more? Mm -hmm. And, you know, doing work is a way I kind of lose my sense of self, which is, I think what the thing that we're kind of all going for. So how do I, but that with the, the cost or the risk is that I don't, I don't cultivate an ability to just kind of be in the moment and be, you know, be alive and be indulgent and be um, curious. Um, so I started, I've started to time block uh, hooky time. So uh, what it's looked like in the past is sort of like, I can't work, you know, one day, one, one day a month, I don't work in the afternoon on, on Fridays or, um, things yeah. like that in the, in the pandemic, I've started, I've had to pull it back to, to, uh, two to three hours. And okay. <laughs> what I did, what I did was what I did to make it more of a ritual to me is I invited it, the cave day community to do it with me. So, ah. yeah. So now once a month we do it as a community, we're actually, we'll do, we're doing it this Friday. What? So, Why don't I know about this? Uh, you should, it's on the schedule. Come on, come on by Damn. 11, 11 a.m. Eastern. So, so 11 a.m. Eastern, no work. It's, it's accountability around around doing something other than work. Wow. Yeah. And I love that. And it's funny, you know, I probably, I think my approach is probably going to, that, that's it. Okay. So yeah, that's your ritual. I actually love that. That's one, that's um, one. But it, but for me, the yeah. way to make it more special is to try to involve other people um, as early as possible. And got it. And that just works for me. And I th it's just easier to keep it myself accountable if other people are doing it too. Um, yeah. you know, I have like, a, you know, I have like little morning routine things I do and, and things I try to, um, 
Uh, oh, oh, another one we do is uh, my wife and I have been celebrating uh, what I call the mirth day, which is uh-huh. a monthly birthday, but with l- it's it's uh, a lot less pressure. So you nice. you put in about one twelfth of the effort. Okay, so, <laughs> and it's just a, everything to look forward to every month. So that's uh, incredible. Yeah, so that's that's another one that we do. What 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 would what did your mirth day look like this month if you've done it already? Uh we well we just moved back to New York so we we kind of we we took this month's birthday off but okay. uh in the past I we went to a drive-in movie theater um oh, cool. uh I created a I asked her what I created like a meal based on like her answers to a questionnaire and nice. created a little cocktail bar in our closet because she said it she misses cocktail bars um <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> for those of you listening in 2030 there was a period of time where we couldn't go to bars and so yeah. uh so so yeah so it's just a chance to think about the other person do something small and have you know just sort of always be celebrating instead of like this once a year thing that has all this pressure um what, what was the website that you used oh it's called i miss my bar right to make yeah, that's the, right. the bar like, like there's this really amazing website called I miss my bar and and it has all these ambient uh, bar sounds that you can use so that was the soundtrack for your your cocktail bar in a closet right yeah I had to sell it that's funny um, I love that so yeah of course you did and I guess that's really interesting because I think my lifestyle is like a little less rigid in in that sense of like I think every day I'm like, oh, I'll just take some time off. I don't care. You know what I mean? Or if a friend texted me, I'd be like, I'm going to stop working now <laughs> and just go like prioritize that friendship. But how do you think like, you, how do you think you develop that capacity? Yeah, that's a great question. I know I'm thinking about that because I, I noticed that you and uh, also one of your cave day partners, Jake sort of approaches freedom in the same way. Like it has to really be planned ahead mm-hmm. um, or planned out. But I think, I, uh, the only answer I can give is that like my, I've prioritized freedom over everything else in my life hmm. for a really long time. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like yeah. truly over everything, like over my relationships, over money, over work and whatever. And so, so I'm always like, so it feels um, like a natural reflex just to choose freedom instead of work or something. Sure. It's your, it's part of your identity. Yeah. And, you know, and, that they, and it sounds like you value freedom too, but it looks different probably. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's worth throwing out the idea of the Protestant work ethic, which mm. uh, is worth looking into. It's it, 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 some believe that it kind of underpins our cultural, collective cultural relationship to work. You know, there was this, you know, eons ago, there was this concept that, you know, to to, to work hard, you know, was to be closer to God. And, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and so... You know, this it gets passed down through through messages, through behavior, through culture, and so you know, it's you have to really develop if you if you want to leave that that uh, mindset, you have to really yeah. create you know create uh, a new identity for yourself, and 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 so totally that's kind of what you're hopefully helping people people do is to is to create a new set of beliefs, uh, yeah. and one and one of those has to be like my you know my success is not tied to how many hours I work. Yeah, or to, or to work or to working every day. Yeah, exactly, and also like fighting against that, the like maybe the scary fear that if I stop 
if I take my gas off the pedal, like something bad will happen, right? Yeah, I th- for yeah. me, for me, it's like I don't want you know with Cave Day, I don't want to let people down. Yeah. And for for being an artist, I, it's fighting the feeling that I'm always behind. Like I gotta finish this thing. I got you know. Yeah, yeah. So, but I I find that it's easiest for me to take time off when I've just finished something big. Then I can tell yeah. myself the story that like I don't I'm you know I'm not behind. So, you've earned it. Yeah. Yeah. That's you've earned it. Yeah. Yeah. But right. But but that implies that I think I have to earn it. Yeah, no, tricky. Well, maybe that's uh, <laughs> something to work on or look at or not. I mean, it sounds like you're, you know, I chose you for this podcast because I, I think you've, you're living life intentionally, like you said at the beginning. And, and, uh, and I think that's really important. So you're doing what you want. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. And, and I think that, you know, this is the, the most, you know, basic advice that people say, which is, you know, the who what what is it you know, the the five, you're the average of the five people around you that kind of that kind of yeah. idea i think it's really you know it's really helpful to have other people that i know that are doing it you know we you know we have these conversations and we you know we we back when we were we were in person we belonged to a private club where people you know led a similar lifestyle and so it it, norm, it, it tends to normalize things and normalization yeah, exactly. is really really powerful <clears throat> yep that's uh yeah that's peer pressure or peer pressure in reverse. Uh, okay. So I ha- I want to give away like a, a free idea to the world. Is, is there a cool, is there any like idea that you've been sitting on that you just know you're never, be, you're never going to be able to pull off because of the limits of your life or work or whatever, but is there any like oddball kind of freelance dream things that you would put out in the world if you could, <laughs> and you're not worried about it, that someone else stealing this? Well, I have a, a meta answer, which is that oh. I've I've been wanting to make a website called someone should do this dot com. Yeah, where people could post these sorts of things, and you know, you could set the terms like I, you know, I want to be credited. I want one. I want one percent. I want to. I, I just wanted to exist. <laughs> you know, pay me fifty bucks. It's um, amazing because I I often have these ideas, and you know, for me, it's just it's it's I'm happy to give away anything that I'm like. You know, someone will do it hopefully at some point. I would yeah. love, to, I think I could do it well. I'd love to be consulted, but I'd really just be happy if this existed. So, so your, your project that you wish if you had more time to do would be to create a website that hosts all of these ideas of things that people wish they could do if they had. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you a real one, which is, yeah, yeah. which is, <laughs> I love that though. <laughs> that I, I, I fantasize about having a retreat center that, that operates in a very specific way. So it's um, a place where people can come to, to learn more about themselves, but it's also like a, a living facility for older people that, mm. that uh, focuses on the inner, you know, the, not just the outer, outer world, but the inner world, which I think for, for people in that period of their life often gets uh, left behind or just not spoken to, you know, um, so, so basically That's the idea amazing. would be like, el- the, there would be like sort of elders that live there and they're, and they're, you know, there's community around, uh, what they're going through as older people, but then there are also young people coming through the, the center to, um, and who will, you know, hopefully see them as elders and, and to seek guidance from them. So it's sort of a way to sort of a way to find meaning later in your life, which I think eludes so many people once they retire. That sounds amazing. Okay, right? that's a fun, one. but it's like, yeah, you know, that. that's like a whole, that's a life to, to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole, so. yeah, but still, 
That's really cool. All right. Put that, that'll be the first one on your website. Exactly. And then you can add one of mine to your website. I wanted to do, um, I wanted to own a website called thankateacher.today, like thank a teacher today, where you could um, just write in a note that you would wish you could send to one of your past teachers. And then someone on the back end would find that teacher in the real world and then, and then uh, deliver a note to them, like a thank you note. You know? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like part of the, part, like, you know, part of the joy is tracking the person down. Like the harder it is to find the person, <laughs> you know, well, that's the more, I mean, the more maybe, it means. Yeah. Not, not, that's not my joy. So maybe I, the website would employ people <laughs> who love that sleuthing part. Um, that's funny. I just want to thank someone, but I don't want to figure out how to find them. <laughs> <laughs> if they're not, if they're not on Facebook, you're not interested. Basically. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, I guess I, I'm going to try to just, Close this out with a couple of, uh, this is actually one of your questions that I'm stealing and throwing back to you. Take it. And and the question is, what kind of, what awesome or amazing media have you consumed recently? Mm. So what have you like read, listened to, or watched that you think the world should know about that's that's uh, kind of sparked your, your interest? Yeah. Uh, I'm getting into overseas television, which... Okay. thanks to netflix and so i uh, just watched we just watched stishel uh, which is one of the one of the popular israeli shows uh, oh. about, a, about a rabbi and their and his family and it's just it's like it's like um it's sort of like six feet under but in the world of uh, orthodox judaism in israel and uh, it's just super Amazing. fascinating super like just just uh will get you in the gut okay. um and then i also really really enjoyed call my agent which is a french show about a french talent agency that's just a very I've heard fun really and, great things about fun that and one. pulpy and backstabby and uh, yeah. So I don't know. There's something about you know I'm, I'm finding myself increasingly charmed by overseas content. Yeah, that's how I always feel about overseas like uh, foreign movies. Yeah, know, but I, I never got into like the TV shows. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, maybe it's that's right. We've seen a couple of foreign movies together. Yeah. Um, maybe it's. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't. I feel like I've, I've watched almost all the American content during the pandemic. I feel like I've I've gotten to the end. That's funny. Yeah, I, I could. I think a lot of people have. Although that that sounds like nearly impossible for Netflix, but um, I I'm sure you've seen everything yeah. worth well, the, seeing. Yeah, the content yeah. that I that I would like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you for those. Stitchell on Netflix, and then Call My Agent. I've I've heard great things about Call My Agent, so that's uh that's worth checking out. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to end on that you kind of wish I had asked you or that you think freelancers in the world should know? And I'll let you kind of have the final word here, Jeremy. Hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to miss my shot. <laughs> it doesn't have to be profound. So it just can be like, you know, something that you were thinking of earlier that, that maybe would be like a bonus ad. We're just thinking about living, you know, designing our lives or living an epic freelance life and doing stuff in an interesting out of the box sort of way. I just want to hear your vamp while I think. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I'll, I, I think I will say that a question that you threw out that we might talk about, which you didn't talk about was, can anybody freelance? Yeah, and I think the answer I think is yes, but I don't think everyone should, and and I think it's also okay to to change mm-hmm. um, at different moments in one's life. 
a, fr- a mutual friend of both of ours just made that shift and it seems like the right from move what for, to from what uh, to from, what from freelance to to full-time remote okay. and you know i you know the, the 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 one of the core skills of being a freelancer is is chaos tolerance and mm-hmm. um and just like belief that things will be good in the future and so yeah. so i think that it's a you know it's just okay that will change at different times in one's life um sometimes it can be I've only had one, I've never had a free, a full-time job except for a few months when I made a TV, I got hired to make a TV show last year. And, you know, it was, uh, I felt a little chained by it. I had to go to, you know, I had to report in every day, but for that period of time, I didn't have to like, I, the, what I did in the world was just very clear. And like, I just like a one big mission. And then Mm. after outside of that, there was nothing else I did and that was wonderful. And so, I don't know, I just think there's a place for, you know, there's, there's a, you know, it's a, I just, I just want to say that it's okay. Yeah, I think it's okay. It's not failure to, to decide yeah. at one point in one's life for like, I think I would just like to have a job right now. I agree with you. <laughs> Actually, it's funny because I'm a huge advocate of like living an epic freelance life, but I agree a hundred percent. It's not for everybody necessarily. And for some people, safety means different things. And so yeah. some, and, sometimes a stable job is the safest place you can be. <laughs> yeah. And the only time I ever really think about it is when I apply for a loan or something when they, you know, the world of loans just like hates the idea of a freelancer. Um, oh, yeah. You know, so when you're making, try to make big, big moves or big decisions, I can certainly understand the, the appeal of it. Well, awesome. Thank you, Jeremy. I, I really love talking to you. Um, I know there's so much more we could cover, but we'll try to keep it brief-ish for our listeners. And for those listening, make sure you check out caveday.org. It's at least once. It's a very cool um, way to do work. And it's been featured literally everywhere. I don't know. Entrepreneur. I don't know. You've been featured in all sorts of magazines, right? All the things. Yeah. And I'm, I'm yeah. at Jeremy Redleaf on all the platforms. Come hang with yep. me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put all of that stuff in the notes. And um, thanks again, Jeremy, for coming. You're an incredible human being, and I wish you further adventures. Thanks, Phil. Back at you. Yeah. 